You are listening to the QSR Web Podcast. At the Restaurant Franchising and Innovation Summit, executives from leading brands will share their success stories of the numerous ways they have innovated to grow their franchises. Attendees will gain insight and inspiration to help them be more progressive in every facet of their businesses. Register today at FranchisingInnovation.com. Hello, and welcome back to the QSR Web Podcast. I'm Shelley Whitehead, your host and also editor of QSR Web and Pizza Marketplace, which I dearly hope everyone listening is checking out for the latest news and features about the quick service and pizza industries. But today, I'm just glad you're here for this podcast, when we will very shortly be talking with Taco Bell Vice President of People and Experience, Jorn Erland, about the brand's dizzying array of recruitment and retention activities, which, to be frank, make working under the bell look pretty attractive these days. But first, we have Digital Signage Today editor Bradley Cooper. No, not that Bradley Cooper. Our Bradley Cooper, who is in the house to give everyone a briefer on a type of digital signage purchase that sometimes gets overlooked the software that makes the whole system work. Welcome, Bradley. Thank you for having me on, Shelley. And it really does seem like the digital signage display actually gets all the attention in this room. So I'm really glad you took on the topic of software purchasing decisions. And on that note, this is an important piece of equipment for restaurateurs. And I see that you recommend that no one even start looking for software until they've defined their end goal for whatever digital signage solution they end up with. So what kinds of things should they be thinking about? Well, I think they really just need to have a clear sense of what their goals are, because let's say all they want is a basic menu board where they can meet FDA regulations and have all that nutritional information and they just want to display their product. Well, in that case, they would probably want a less robust software solution. But if they're looking for something much bigger, like they want to have some sort of interactive touch table or they want to play animated content, then that will inform the type of software solution they will pick. So So you really just need to have a very clear idea of what are you looking for. That makes sense to me. Um, So ideally, a brand-obtained software that will wow and sell their customers, but digital signage software can still take a pretty large chunk of change to get rolling. So how can brands save money on their software? Well, it it relates a little bit to what I said before, really knowing what you need. And I'll give an example of that. Let's say you're looking for the software to manage the content on your displays. And let's say the vendor is trying to sell you this big, rather expensive cloud-based solution. Well, that cloud solution might sound great at first, but then you realize, well, there are license costs. I also have to do these cloud fees coverage. So you might say, well, maybe I need something simpler, like a USB drive to be able to power that content. And also another thing I'd recommend is just to really know what's out there in the market. For example, uh, at Digital Science Today, we offer the Digital Science Software Comparison Guide, which gives you an idea of 
all these different vendors what types of uh, features they offer. So when you have information like that, you can use that to negotiate directly with your vendor. You can say, well, I see you offer this price, but this vendor over here offers that price for more features. I hadn't even thought about the guide, and that's a great thing to turn to. Um, but I'm wondering, if you if you were, let's say you're a restaurateur, and your content versus technological bells and whistles is what you're trying to decide. Where should I put most of my focus on? Should it be that content? Should it be all the whiz-bang technology? What, what would you be inclined to do? I would be more inclined towards the content. And my reason for that is that you can have really, really fancy, impressive displays. But if you don't have good content that really communicates this message well, then you're just, you know, essentially wasting your money. And content is often a very much overlooked part of the whole step. Like you need to have something in place where you can, uh, who's developing the content, who's managing it, who's making sure it's up to date. That's the sort of stuff that's always going to be relevant with digital signage, whereas the technology will change and ebb and flow. I know you've done a lot of a, a lot of features on your site on that, but maybe that's something that we could come back and revisit at a, at a later interview, just talking about content itself and some pointers on that, because it's tough stuff, isn't it? Oh, yeah, definitely. What other problems should restaurateurs look out for in the software solution they ultimately choose? There are a couple of things you should really look out for. The first thing is you need to look at how often do these companies release new versions of their software. Because if they're infrequent release cycles, then that might reveal that um, they're either not sold that often or the company really isn't invested in improving it. You also need to look out for if they don't offer a lot of support and training. Because once you take this software and just throw it to your managers or, you know, the employees or whoever's responsible for digital signage, they might run into some big issues with how do I work this thing or here's this problem I'm having with it. And if the company doesn't offer a lot of support or training, that's another thing to look out for. Another thing to be wary of, and this is something that... um uh, someone I interviewed brought up is that you want to be wary of companies that package their software as a commodity. You want to really look for companies that will package their software as something customizable to what your needs are. Oh, as opposed to just kind of purchasing it off the shelf, one brand, one size fits all? Mm-hmm. Yes, exactly. Interesting. Is there anything, I mean, you know what's going on in digital signage, anything really new and cool coming down the pike that you've heard about that might work particularly well for restaurant brands? I think there are a lot of really cool things that are happening. Right now, the big thing is obviously dynamic content, content that can respond to the customer. And we haven't gotten there yet, but it's getting much closer. And there are a few small ways restaurants can use it. It's stuff like, you know, integrating social media feeds. You might have a display that sort of integrates their Twitter account or what people are saying about the brand or what they're saying their favorite item is on the menu. That's one small way. And in the future, we're going to see content 
even that will be able to respond maybe directly to a customer's choices. So let's say a customer comes in the restaurant and they prefer vegan items. Well, based on maybe their buy-in through a mobile app or something, the menu board will be able to adjust directly to reflect those customers' choices. It might only show them, for example, the vegan options. So that's what I really see as the big thing, particularly for restaurants. Wow. Digital signage is getting smarter than me. (laughs) (laughs) I shouldn't say that. This is great information, Bradley, and and thank you for stopping by. This is Bradley Cooper, a digital signage today editor. He really has the subject covered. And aside from that, to our audience, please hang on for a few minutes because we're going to come right back with Taco Bell. Now we turn to the topic that really has most limited service brand leaders these days tossing and turning in their sleep. And I speak here, of course, of hiring and retention. And I can almost hear the collective moan from the restaurant execs in the crowd because the subject has just gotten to be such a tough operational challenge to attract top-notch in-store employees and then hold on to them. But in the supremely challenging hiring environment of the QSR world, Taco Bell has really distinguished itself as a very serious player, uh, surely by a number of programs, if nothing else, that benefit employees who want to stay in the restaurant business and those just passing through on their way to other careers. To enlighten us more about the brand's hiring and retention initiatives today, Taco Bell, Vice President, of people and experience, Bjorn Erland has joined us today. Welcome, Bjorn, and please tell us, where would you put the subject of hiring and retention on the list of operational priorities at Taco Bell? Well, thanks, Shelley, and uh, thanks for having me today. The hiring and, uh, and retention right now is probably a top two or three priority in our operations group. In fact, we just had most of our above store leaders from across the country in last week to California, and we took them through our annual operating plan for next year, which is really the strategy for the brand and what we want our operations teams focused on in their roles. And, you know, our COO stood up on stage and talked quite a bit about um, both staffing and retention because for us, you know, our number one goal is to really create great customer experiences. And to do that, you really have to have great people um, and you have to have great people that not only you can recruit, but also that can stay with the brand and deliver that great customer experience. So, yeah, it it is a huge priority. It has been a priority for, I would say, about the last 18 to 24 months, given the competitiveness in the industry, the unemployment rate and, you know, just what's going on in the marketplace. You know, you all are impressive because the brand has a lot of programs to both attract and hold on to employees, including everything from educational support to that cross-store competition that sent five Taco Bell employees to Costa Rica in 2018. Can you take us on a tour of your hiring and retention programs across the, the system? A couple of years ago, we went out with a new kind of employment branding campaign that we call Start With Us, Stay With Us. And the essence of that campaign is really to tell future uh, job seekers, people that may want to work at the brand, um, that we have programmatic opportunities for people that fall into both categories. 
So if someone wants to come to the brand and start with us and work with us um, for a couple of years, learn some new skills, maybe get their education, maybe move into some leadership roles, we have that opportunity for them. And if they want to move on to something else that uh, they want to you know, focus their career on, we're OK with that because they're going to be great brand ambassadors for us. And they're also going to give us some really good experience while they're here. And then we also have amazing opportunities for people that want to stay with us and grow a career with Taco Bell and grow a career with the brand. And so within that um, overarching branding on the start with us side and on the recruiting side, you know, we've done a couple things um, in the past couple of, uh, you know, months and, and the last year to really get after the hiring piece. You know, with our growth, we're one of the fastest growing brands in the U.S. as you look at development and how many restaurants we're building. And with that comes opportunity for people to grow and the opportunity to um, hire quite a few people to fill our restaurant jobs. And to do that, um, you know, we have to be a little bit disruptive. Everyone's hiring today. Everyone has, you know, some basic benefits that they're offering. And for us with staffing, you know, we need to have a differentiated um, approach. And so one of the things that we've tested that we'll look at rolling out nationally next year is uh, this idea of hiring parties, which is really a, a new take on the old school job fair. We had a, um, a test with this in Indiana with about four stores, and uh, we had great, great results. We, um, we got about 400 applicants online. We also had about 80 people come to four stores and interview, and we ended up hiring 40 of them. Holy and, cow. Wow. Yeah, and all in one, you know, in two days. And, you know, it's, it's very hard to hire that many people in two days any other time of the year. And, <laughs> you know, what we found really successful was it was a low-pressure environment. We had people come in. They could talk to some of our other team members about what it's like to work at Taco Bell. We gave them free food when we relaunched our fries, which was a huge hit this year. We had them free, you know, free tasting of our fry, our new fries, natural fries. We had them uh, the ability to taste the watermelon freeze, which was a newly launched product as well. And we made it very casual. If they wanted to interview, they could. If they didn't want to, it was no big deal. We were trying to build, again, the employment brand for Folks that if they wanted to come back in the future, they could and we could uh, hire them. So went over really well. You know, it's again, it was it was disruptive in the industry because I think no one else has really done it. And we did it in a very Taco Bell way. And then, you know, the second thing that we're looking at is, you know, most people look for jobs today online and we're really looking at beefing up our online presence and through social media and the ways people look for jobs. So we did a, a, a test. Uh, last year in um, in Indiana as well, where we bought up some online media, we made our presence much larger um, in the online social space, and we're able to grow our candidate flow, the amount of people applying to jobs at Taco Bell in those restaurants by about 35 to 40 percent, which was a huge mm -hmm. uplift yeah. compared to what we're you know, typically used to. And so we're doing a broader test in some harder to fill markets coming up here in January and February. And then hopefully we'll have really good results and figure out what our go forward strategy is, you know, in the online arena as well. Yeah, um, in, the, in that social arena, I'm just wondering, does it tend to bring in more than one employee? So in other words, if you're in that social arena, you're in a group of friends. And if one says, I'm, I'm going to apply, does, does it ripple effect? 
Yeah, you know what happens with the ripple effect? It's a really good question. Is is um, employee referrals? And so many times, the people working in our restaurants have have friends that that need jobs or want to um, look for a career. And uh, our best source of talent is by far employee referrals because they typically stay with us longer and they're typically um, vetted out by their the people currently working in the restaurant. And they want to work with people that are really good and responsible and accountable. And so typically they refer people who meet those criteria because they want to work with great people. And so yeah. we've seen those are the those are really the best uh, candidates that we get that come through. And um, and it's a win win all around because the current employee who referred them feels really good about bringing in someone else to the brand and, and really helping the restaurant deliver that great customer experience. Well, sure. Yeah. Keep well, keeping the stream of top quality applicants coming in is is really such a high priority. Really, brands want quality workers, like you're saying, who will thrive in a quick service culture. So I'm wondering, and, and you've set that up in some ways by talking about the parties, but how does that culture at Taco Bell play into that? And and if you can describe the type of person or personality who really does well in your setting. Culture is huge with Taco Bell. And we hear from employees time and again that it's a big differentiator for them, especially those that have worked at other QSR brands. And I would say, you know, our restaurant culture really emulates uh, a lot of our culture externally about the Taco Bell brand that you see in advertising and social media and those type of networks. For our employees, we went out a few years ago and talked to quite a few employees, and we came up with what we call our hungry principles. And hungry is an acronym for um, different ways to describe the people that do really well within Taco Bell. Um, So the H stands for helpful. The U stands for understanding. The N is never follow. G stands for grateful. R is relentless. And Y is for youthful. And, um, you know, we are a youthful brand. It doesn't, you know, youthful doesn't mean that, you know, you have to be a certain age. It just means, you know, we're we're just a youthful brand. We have a youthful culture. Yeah. And so I think people that typically can bring those to life for the customer and for their team members strive and do really well at the brand. I would I would tell you the other piece that we've been told from our internal employees, along with external employees, is, you know, it's just a fun place to work. And when you boil that down, it's very fast paced and people have a lot of fun working with uh, the teams to you know, hit their different goals, work in that fast paced environment and really be agile. And so, you know, people that have done also really well here are agile and they can change on a dime and move Mm -hmm. very quickly. If you look at what we do from a marketing standpoint, you know, we roll out new products and new offerings about every five to six weeks. And so just by the nature of that, our team members need to be quick on their feet and, and able to adapt to that change that happens so frequently. And I would say that's kind of our secret weapon. You know, where our team members are able to deliver on these changes in a very fast time frame and ultimately deliver that great customer experience. Um, so if they're not agile, it becomes a little bit more difficult um, for them. And so that's what we've been told by our employees and kind of what we've seen is we've done internal research and talked to, um, you know, both our internal folks and then as well as external um, potential candidates. It's interesting. It sounds fun 
to work at. So you might see me one of your, well, sh- shouldn't say that, but <laughs> might come to one of your parties and take yeah. part-time work. <laughs> yeah, we'd love to have you. <laughs> it really does sound fun. Finally, uh, I wanted to ask you, I talked to one of, it was a rural Ohio manager about a year ago for a story I did with you all. And, and she was on track to go through nursing school when she started at Taco Bell but entirely changed her career direction after starting to work there. And she just started to rise through the ranks. And I'm wondering what kind of career path awaits those who actually want to stay with the brand and make it a professional career. We have a great career path. And we know that our employees tell us that that's a big differentiator for us as well. We have many of our leaders in the organization started as team members in the restaurant, you know, working on the line, or um, in customer service, and they've grown to amazing careers. You know, our, our chief operations officer, Mike Granz, is a good example. You know, he started as a assistant manager in Detroit, Michigan, and has grown up to be, um, you know, a, a top level executive at a $10 billion brand. Hundreds, if not thousands of those examples across the country where people have been able, you know, to do that. Um, and with the growth that we have in building all these new restaurants, the amount of management opportunities that we have in these new restaurants and then in the restaurants where people are coming from to fill the new restaurants is extremely large. And so within the actual restaurant construct, we have three different management levels. We have a shift leader, an assistant manager, and a restaurant general manager. So there's three levels to get promoted to within the restaurant. And then if you go above the restaurant, we have what we call above store leaders, Um, or above restaurant leaders who run anywhere from five to eight restaurants themselves. That's another stepping stone in the career ladder. And then beyond that, um, we have uh, a multitude of roles running larger spans of restaurants that range anywhere from 10 to 100. And um, those are all sorts of different levels. And then the other thing that we have for people that start on the corporate side and that we've had really good success with is maybe have grown up through Taco Bell Corporate And then they go over to either become a franchisee or help run operations for a franchisee. And that has been um, a really nice career path for many people who have grown up through Taco Bell here and uh, spent many, you know, a lot of time both in the field and at corporate. And they bring just great experience to our franchisees, which helps our system overall. Um, But it also is great for them from a career development standpoint, because they typically get much larger roles and they're running large spans of, um, you know, very big operations for our franchisees. And so that has been another um, really great win win uh, for career growth and career pathing. Wow. It builds some cohesiveness within your corporate family, too, it sounds like. it, let me ask you one one more thing. I lied. I, this this is my last question. I promise. No, it's okay. If you were to offer one bit of wisdom to other restaurateurs about staying competitive in this very tough employment market, what would that be? We do a lot of programmatic things that we can roll out to to our system. But at the end of the day, if you have the best leaders running your restaurants, they're the ones that really bring it to life. And so, you know, I, I would say having the best leadership that you can have running your restaurants, um, running your regions, running your DMAs is really going to make, you know, the biggest impact. And what we've seen is culture 
is directly correlated to having great leaders. And great leaders have great culture and thus have better retention. But great leaders also know how to staff restaurants and they have this attraction you know, piece that real people really wanna work for them. So when they get a chance to meet people or talk to potential recruits, they have this great, um, almost like a magnetic um, piece that people are just attracted to work for those leaders. And those are the different ma difference makers for us. And I think just in general for um, the restaurant and, and retail systems. And for us, you know, on that leadership piece, that's how we spend so much time developing leaders into not only technical experts, but also into culture leaders. And we have many leadership programs we teach here in California for our restaurant general managers, for our above store leaders, where they can come here and we don't focus a lot on technical skills. We focus a lot on how do you lead large teams and become a visionary and drive great culture in your restaurants. So, you know, leadership, I think, is number one. And if you can get leadership right, everything else kind of falls into place. Interesting, because, you know, you read so much that says people don't quit jobs, they quit their managers. And um, so that makes perfect sense. And it kind of sounds like you all are cultivating the leaders as you go along. So I want to thank you so much for joining us today and sharing a little bite of Taco Bell's hiring and retention practices. It is a tough game for QSRs today to find and hang on to store talent. But I wish you at Taco Bell and everybody listening the best with your endeavors. Thank you, Jorn. Yeah, thank you. Thank you for having me. Thanks for the time. And that's our podcast for this week. Please make a note to check QSR Web next Friday to listen to interviews with West Coast brand Chopstop founder and CEO Mark Kolkis. And fresh from the National Retail Federation show, Retail Customer Experience Editor Judy Model to talk about all the innovation and education she took in for restaurateurs at the annual New York City event. Until then, have a great weekend and a profitable business week ahead.